gets here. Walks across the dead ball line. Now sprints back for Manly. Up he goes. Changes direction. This is rugby league, folks. Have a look at it. Links up with Cherry Evans. And still on for Manley. Away from Hess. Kicks in field. Look who's there. Tom. I'm happy with that. My goodness. Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook podcast, proudly presented by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. I am your host, Tim Williams. Uh, finally, we saw a bit of a, a boost in scoring in round three supercoach. A few relieved supercoaches out there after two pretty tumultuous weeks to start the season. Not quite what we saw last year, but there are a few tons getting about, some 13, 1400 scores. Uh, very relieving after a tough start to the season. Joining me today is always the 91st place finisher from last season, the Supercoach Spy. Spy, how are you, mate? Good, mate. Going really well. Um, not much to report. Pretty quiet old week had so far. Um, looking forward to a bit of footy again, as always. And pretty quiet. It was a pretty steady weekend for me, to be honest. I sort of stayed around uh, stayed around the mark, had some good scores, a couple injuries, but nothing too bad to come out of it. So looking to roll on from here, mate. And a very special guest to the podcast this week in round four is sixth place overall finisher last season, our favourite Kiwi, someone who actually brings a bit of character and life to our website and our podcast, Clementine Cassidy. Clem, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Hey, so first question to get into you about. Uh, I'm I'm impressed you came on the podcast. I'm impressed you're still playing Supercoach this year after your boy, Brandon Smith. As I said, you're a proud Kiwi. Brandon Smith, one of your favourites. He has absolutely burned you very early on in the season. Oh, my God. It's an absolute heartbreak. And Melbourne's injury, whoever does the injury report, is sitting on a throne of lies. Like, I will never trust them ever again. Like, they, the one point and then trading them out and then him coming back and he's scoring, I think it was an 104 points with a broken hand. Like, he's an absolute god. But still, I will never, ever trust Melbourne's injury report ever again. Yeah, the cheese has let you down. Uh, Melbourne Injury Report, man, let you down. Clem, give us a little bit of background about yourself because uh, a lot of people will know you, will know you from your preseason content, your captaincy column to the start of the season, which was absolutely bang on on the weekend. As I mentioned, you finished six overall last year in, I believe, your second year of Supercoach. Uh, you talk yourself down, but I've seen your content. You know your staff. Uh, bit a bit of a background about you for us. Yeah, sure. So um, I moved over from New Zealand, I think it was around 10 years ago now. So I moved to New Zealand's greatest offshore city, the Gold Coast. And so it's great here. I love it here um, on the Gold Coast. I mean, who wouldn't with the beaches and the sun? It's raining today, but you know. Um, And yeah, so I wasn't really into footy at all. Like I'd probably don't even think I'd ever watched a league game really over in New Zealand. And I came over here um, and then started to get into it. And then um, my boyfriend was like, well, um, you can start playing super coach. And I was like, okay. So I started and I was went okay in my first year. And then in my second year, um, he was like, you can join the boys league. And I was like, I'm not joining the boys league. I'm literally going to get smashed every single <laughs> week. Like I'll be everybody's buy round, like literally. Um, and so then I was like, okay, so I did a whole heap of research and like just crash course, like just read everything I could and made this team. And then I don't really know how it happened, but somehow I did okay. So I was like, oh, this is all right. Um, 
and then yeah and then come six which was really really nice but um no I, I love playing super coach now and I really love the super coach community um I think everyone's so supportive and it's such a good thing to be a part of um so yeah that's a little bit about me put it this way the spy came 91st last season and I'm still mesmerized by how he managed to pull that miracle out of his backside so look sixth place for you not a big miracle is what the spy did yeah look a couple of and sitting next to me, I might uh, have to see myself out, guys. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hi, how are you tracking, mate? How'd you go in round three? Pretty good week, mate. Um, as I said, it was pretty steady. Um, nothing sort of ride home about, but I had Joshy King I brought in. I just watched him weave some absolute magic. He turned into bloody Jonathan Thurston on the weekend. Offloads, line break assists, it was all happening. So that was good. Uh, Brad Snyder, I was forced to play which I was happy enough about, but he sort of delivered above and beyond what I'd hoped. I did have Stefano go down hurt just before he started his second stint, uh, and he's starting to play a little bit of good footy. I wouldn't have minded just plugging him into my front row, but that's okay. Gives him an option this week just to move things about and make some cash. Um, But, yeah, I basically stayed steady. I think I might have gone up 20 spots or something, so... Win. If you go forward, you go forward, and um, hopefully bigger things this weekend. Mate, Max Max King scores more points than Stefano in about fifteen minutes of game time. <laughs> he scores more than most people in fifteen minutes. So <laughs> in fairness, the weapon. Yeah, if he ever gets a start, we're going to see some serious business going on. Kuma Stallions bounce back a decent week of ten ninety three. Uh, thereabouts had a few laid outs, which absolutely killed me again. And I sound like a broken record, but it was who do we have? Liam Martin ruled out late. Xavier Coates, Harry Grant, COVID. Uh, it was a tough old week in that sense, but thanks to Dylan Brown, Jeremiah and Nanai, they sort of scraped me towards that 1,100 mark and and a bit of a jump in the ranking. So not too, too bad. Hamale Olaka-Artu was my late trade-in last week. Didn't benefit in the, the torrential rain in, I believe it was at Brookie. Uh, and Katoni Staggs, who we will never mention on this podcast again. But on today's show, we'll go through all the major Supercoach team news. <laughs> Topic of the day, the spy, as he does, is planning well, well in advance. We're going to look at planning for the big guns. Your Tom Trebojevic's, your Nathan Cleary's, your Nico Hines, your Harry Grant's. Uh, in this perfect world, it's all sunshine and rainbows. This year, it's not going to be that easy to get these blokes in. In fact, it's going to be a lot, lot harder than I think people realise it is. So the spy is going to sort that one out for us. Uh, we'll go through the hot topics of the week, our round four trades and skippers, and wrap it up with a few listener questions. Quick Shout out to our, the SC Playbook Unlimited group leader, Go Banana, coached by Kiana, who's in sixth place over the overall, flying the flag for SC Playbook. Uh, the league code is 511034. That's unlimited group code, I should say. Don't get confused. Jump into that if you haven't already. Get you access to our major subscriber prize and minor prize for the highest ranked non-subscriber. Let's get stuck into our major team news. And the big one on the team sheets today was Nathan Cleary, named for the Penrith Panthers, for his first game of the season, playing the Bunnies this weekend. Uh, the Spy's going to talk a bit more in depth this weekend. Clementine, what are your thoughts on Cleary and, and where does he sit in your plans in coming weeks? Are you, are you keen to jump on this week? Are you happy to have a bit of a look at him or, or how do you see it playing out? I definitely want to have a look at him first. So um, I definitely kind of want to watch him in this game this weekend. Like it's awesome that he's been named. Um, I also don't have the funds <laughs> to get him straight <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's kind of like a bit of a roadblock for me there. But I will be looking to, if he's like firing in these first couple of games, then I definitely will be looking to get him in sooner rather than later. Um, I guess like I should, well, in a perfect world, I would have gone Nico Hines last 
week so I could have a stepping stone up to him, but um, I didn't mm. do that. So I'll definitely be keeping my eye out on him and then um, looking to bring him in maybe in about three weeks, two, three weeks. Yeah, I'm in a very similar boat. As we'll get the spice thoughts in a minute. Nathan Cleary, I have seen a lot of naturally questions about getting him in this week. With a wet weather predicted game, against the Bunnies in Sydney that is already just wet as um, due to all the rain in recent months. I just think we can have a look at him. We've seen what's happened to Tommy Turbo, the money that he's plummeting. Tough game this week. First game of the year back from injury. I think it's very – I wouldn't recommend it at all to, all to get him this week. Also on that Penrith team sheet, my boy Liam Martin, named on the extended bench after being a late out last week. Hopefully he comes back and starts for the Panthers. James Fisher-Harris also on the extended bench. Kelma Tuolungi returns after missing last week due to concussion, starting for the Tigers. Spy, one of the bigger ones on the team sheets was who was to replace Mitchie Barnett at the Knights on that left edge. A lot of people, yourself included, were hoping it was going to be cheapy Jaira Mamasia, uh, who cannot get a minute to save himself despite being named every game. It did, in fact, go to Brody Jones, who becomes an interesting prospect at 275k. It certainly does, mate. Um... I was hoping Jaira Momorosea. I've got him. Yeah, I was going to get the nod there, but what's his name, mate? Momorosea. Got to be close. <laughs> yeah, I'll work on that, but I think I'm pretty close there. And Yash played Reggie's essay uh, in New South Wales Cup, so I was like, well, I hope that has given him some game time, mm. freshen up for 80 minutes moving forward. But look, we'll see how it unfolds. Obviously, not getting the starts, no good. So there's no need to bring him in. But Brody Jones sitting at 275k. Look, if he's if he's going to be there long term, that's perfect. You don't need to rush him to get him. I'd suggest let's see how the minutes play out. But he's a big worker, Brody. Um, don't mind him as a footballer; he's just a goer. He's I good. Think. He's just good. a real goer, uh, real Newcastle coal mining type guy who just get in and do the hard yards for him and <laughs> reap dividends for the for the Supercoach crew uh, once we get him in. But yeah, I'll like him as a downgrade pretty soon. Yeah, things. big watch. Another versatile player at the Knights. He's really good. Covered centre a few games last year at times when Needham was just exceptional. Uh, so huge watch on him. I was really glad it wasn't Mamacia because I was looking at him going, geez, if he's starting that back row, should get a good crack at it with Fitzgibbon and Barnett Bennett out for a fair while. Uh, so just one to watch in coming weeks there. Andrew Davey named to start on the edge at Manly. So he's another close watch. Uh, but the big news there is that Ethan Bullimore again relegated to the bench. I'm a little bit concerned. Well, I'm not concerned because I don't own Bullimore, but Josh Alloway returning from, sus- from suspension has also been named on the extended bench. So it wouldn't surprise me to see Alloway come into that bench come game day. Bullimore drop out. Uh, which would be good news for Hamole Olakuatu, who played about 65 minutes last week. Should see him return to an 80-minute role. Uh, there's a bit to play out there, so we'll keep an eye on it later in the week. Spy, one that concerns me about one of my potential trades this week being Josh King, a very popular buy again this week after setting up what felt like four tries and scoring six of his own on the weekend as a non-owner. <laughs> Melbourne naming a four forward bench there, and it's a four middle forward bench as well. Clem's boy, Brandon Smith, named 14. Again, the way I see it panning out come game day could be very wrong, but I reckon Brandon Smith starts at lock. I reckon Asafa Solomona goes to the bench and Josh King goes to prop. There are a few different options they can do there. Brandon Smith could start at hooker, Grant from the bench as per last year, but regardless, he won't play the minutes he has been. Do we still think, Spy, that 
for non-owners, Josh King is a buy because that bench worries me and I'm just, I'm not sure how his minutes are going to play out this week. But of course, if you don't own, you can't wait till next week with a break even of neg 32. That's the thing, isn't it? It's, it's, it's now or never if you don't own him. Um, as someone who was lucky to jump on last week, obviously don't have to worry about that too much in regards to I can sell him if his minutes go low in the next few weeks. Um, look, he's averaging 65 minutes a game so far. So even if you get could get 50 in the middle at prop, probably not that big a drop. Um, his probably work rate increases if he knows he's playing yep. left minutes as well. So I'd be tempted to get him, and I'll get into more of why I'd be tempted to get him in a minute uh, once we start, start talking the big guns starting to drop in value. Uh, I did do some quick numbers, though. and If he averaged 45 moving forward, I think he still makes 100K. And he's not a bad bench play then or front row play if you really want to. If he averages 40, I think he still makes 60 or 70K. You'd probably want 45 out of him, but I think it's a pretty low-risk play for one trade um, mm. to get him in and just hopefully reap the rewards of another 100K or more if his minutes go up a bit. We'll just have to see what happens there. Xavier Coates, thank God, named on the wing to return from a minor hamstring niggle there for the Storm. SJ, Sean Johnson on the extender bench for the Warriors. Really good to see. Ryan Madison named on the bench for the Eels, also returning from a hamstring injury, possibly a little earlier than we anticipated. Uh, And a really big one, Clementine, was Angus Crichton named on the bench again for the Roosters. Now, uh, that's massive because there's a lot of owners out there. He's one of them guys that you pick from round one and basically you have him as a set and forget bloke for the rest of the season, don't you? But... Now that he's got that, I think he's got a three-figure break even, playing from the bench. We're not sure of the minutes we'll get. What would you be doing with him if you're an owner? Well, I was an owner and I actually <laughs> traded him out last week. So I'm really oh, stoked about that. So um, I actually um, used Mamacia to trade Crichton last week to um, Payne Haas. So that was actually a really good trade and I'm really glad I did that um, because obviously coming off the bench, he – he like didn't score for super coach as well as he normally would obviously but he also doesn't look as damaging I don't think as he did last year so um for me if I still had Crichton I would say if you can make a trade um I would probably trade him (laughs) um I just yeah I can't see how you can hold him with a with a high break even like that and other players sort of scoring really well in that position yeah, no, I'm with you as well. And we've also seen him uh, with the, I shouldn't say the emergence of Nat Butch. He's been around a while, but with him starting and, and how good he was a couple of weeks back, that maybe, and, and obviously Tupanura on the other edge, that Crichton might spend a bit of time in the middle. This often isn't that bad for, for back rolls because, as we know, they get their, their PPMs up, their work rate goes up, even if it is a little bit less time. I think Crichton, you just want him on that edge because he gets through the work regardless and he gets the big attacking stats to go with it, um, maximising that ceiling. So... A really reluctant sell, I think, for anyone with Angus Crichton. Yeah, guys, I'd go sell 100 million percent. Don't even think about it. If he's in the middle, get rid of him. He needs to be 80 on the edge to, to be worth that sort of value. Mm. Guys, the SC Playbook podcast is brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. The boys are experts in all types of home, commercial and car loans. So whether you're a local or living interstate and looking to purchase your first ever home or chase the lowest rate for your refinance, give them a call on 9521. 1611 today. Mention SC Playbook for your free tailored expert advice session. That is bloody good from the fellas. Uh, great fellas, worth chatting to. It's free. So basically, if you're in that position, you're mad if you don't. Uh, doesn't matter if you live in the area or elsewhere, give them a call and they'll sort you out. 
topic for the day, Spy. It's, it's a big one. And, and we sort of got, got chatting over the weekend uh, about our plans in three to four to five to six weeks' time, about how we're getting Nico Hines in, how we're getting Nathan Cleary, Tommy Turbo, as they all bottom out. Well, Nico Hines is never going to bottom out. He's just going to keep going up until he hits $4 million and I still don't have him <laughs> in my team. Um, mate, you, you've crunched a few numbers and I, I really do think people are living in a make-believe world where they think they're going to get all these blokes in by around seven, eight. Uh, you know, you throw Munsters and Cody Walkers into the mix. Like we've been able to do in past seasons because we've had really good cheapy crops. I don't think we've got the cheapy crop this season to do that, along with blokes being overpriced. Uh, and then the big one is that Tommy Turbo and Nathan Cleary, you know, Tommy's dropping in price, but he's still going to be about 900k when we're trying to jump on. Mate, what's your plan going forward and how do you see this eventuating? Yeah, I've had a good look, mate. As I said, we're having a chat about things and the more it's unfolded and we've got an idea of where Tommy's price, for example, might end up, I sort of had a little look. I think he might end up around nine hundred to 950000 I'd expect a bounce back this week in the dry weather. He's been hampered by monsoonal conditions. Manly have struggled. Uh, he still knocked out 66 on the weekend, and it was they, they might as well have played it in Manly Beach. It was that wet? Um, <laughs> but realistically, I think we all want Tommy and Cleary, or will want them. I just think they're that good. Uh, blokes like Nico on that, happy days. They're really real quality players. But this is who I've listed as guys that you'd want from the outside backs and everyone's probably thinking, I'll get him in. We'll sort this out long term. But you've got Tommy Trevojevic, Nathan Cleary, Ryan Pappenhausen, or Tedesco, take your choice. You've got Harry Grant at hooker, Nico Hines, Munster, Cody Walker. Then there's blokes like Ruben Garrick, Brian Toller, Alex Johnson. Like these dudes are going to be worth a lot of cash despite losing some from the back of last year. <clears throat> Even just Tommy and Cleary alone could be could set you back one point eight to two million dollars. Uh, that's a lot of your cap, but I think it's worth it. So I'm just going to target those two directly initially. Get Tommy and Cleary in. I've already owned already owned Pappy and Harry Grant, for example. But <clears throat> where my thoughts come in are, everyone would then say. Oh, I want Munster. Munster's killing it. 100%. I'd love Munster as well, but if you can get Cody Walker for 250k cheaper once his draw opens up, they're the kind of things you're going to have to do. You're going to have to make decisions between guys like Munster and Cody Walker. Uh, <clears throat> I'd love to have Nico Hines there as well, but <clears throat> I just don't think you can have them all. Like We'll get there eventually, and you'll build and build and build, and the quicker you can get to a gun side, the better, in my opinion. We spoke about that last year as well. Um there's so many options. And for me, it's all about just building cash as quick as you can while still maintaining that point scoring ability. So <clears throat> well, we'll get to it now, actually. But I'm going to trade James Tedesco to Nico Hines this week. And a few people have said, oh, you're mad. Why would you do that? Teddy's awesome. His run's opening up. 100% of this. But I I want Tommy in two weeks when he bottoms out around that $900,000 mark. Obviously, if things change and... He has another low week and he's going lower than that. Or Nathan Cleary starts poorly. That's great. We can reassess at the time. But if they, if their bottom price is nine hundred thousand k, I want someone like Nico for two weeks. Hopefully, make a hundred thousand dollars. Punch out a couple of tons. Hopefully, he plays Tigers next week. Or I can stick with Teddy, but I don't want him for ten weeks because I'm gonna have to make a decision out of James Tedesco, Ryan Pappenhausen, and Tommy Trojevic. One of them has to go. Uh, I'm making the call now and just trying to get 100k in front right now. Uh, and the beauty of Nico Hines as well, you can flip him to halfback if Cleary's not quite back to his best. 
and it opens up options, but it's just about that short-term cash grab. Uh, Teddy will probably stay steady enough. Nico could go off and make another 150K in a fortnight, which could be hugely beneficial to getting these guys uh, and like going from there. But it's going to be hard to get everyone, mate, and the quicker you sort of build up value and blokes to trade down uh, and whatnot, uh, I think it, the better you're going to be. So good analysis there, Spy, as expected. Expected nothing less. In summary, the way what I took from that was, A, you're stuffed if you can get all these blokes on board by around seven, eight, nine, because it won't happen. But basically, you're you're aiming for Teddy and oh, sorry, Teddy. You're aiming for Cleary and Turbo in the next two to three weeks, and everything is being planned around that. From there, you'll assess your Cody's, your Munsters, their prices, where the cash is coming from around that and try and delve into what you can. And from there, I mean, it's it's all play it by ear, isn't it? But you're aiming for those two. And to tie in a few questions that we had during the week, people are asking, uh, are the top dollar guns who are doing well more essential or is it your your cash grabs like King and Bo Firma? You're saying that we just need to be generating as much cash as possible because we're going to need every single dollar of it. Yep, I just think generate your cash. Don't go mad. But if you make a trade and they're going to make cash and have good point scoring potential, I think that's perfect. And yeah, you're right. I'll basically build my side around, well, it'd be Cleary and Turbo. I already have Harry Grant and Pappenhausen. That's a pretty good four dudes to mm. score you a lot of points. And that's where guys like Tamalolo, um, Olakwatu, we both bought in last week. And it was for that reason. He's 500K. He could do a serious job for you. Xavier Coates is another one you've been high on. It's 350k. You can just plug him in without having to spend five, six hundred k on him. Um, just get those value guys in. They can do a job, and your big boys can then do the real damage around that and just mm. go mad. And skippers as well. If you got Tommy and Clear, you can pick the best skipper each week. They score two hundred. You're just going to go bang. It's funny. Just before round one, <laughs> I spoke about wanting to partner a gun front row forward being Jai Arrow with a sort of mid range guy to bottom tier guy. To, to find out, uh, just because just I didn't think it was going to be a high-scoring position. I was right in that sense, but, you know, everyone's saying, all right, who's the mid-tier option? I was like, I don't bloody know. I'm still trying to find them. <laughs> of all people, it ended up being Josh King, and I didn't end up starting with him. More on that later, because there's a question on it. Clem, there's a fair bit to dissect there, but what did, do you have any thoughts on, on any plans going forward and, uh, I suppose, any takes from the Spies' big uh, rabble on just then? Yeah, I 100% agree. Like, I think people trying to get, everybody and every gun and you're not going to be able to do it and I think that it's not too early to start planning how you are going to get those guns in that you want to get in um for me I've already started so I do have Munster um when I started this season I had um Amon and Ilias as my 5'8 I don't know what I was thinking but hmm. I like already started making trades so I could bring a Munster and that's really paid off for me and then when Brandon Smith went down advice yeah. <laughs> that was your advice yeah. <laughs> and, and then um when um brandon smith went down i actually got an appy not for his points but for his um, price rise and the reason i did that is so i could trade him for harry grant um this week so that's what my trade is going to be this week i'm going to be getting in harry grant so that's one of my guns that i'm wanting to target um i also I'm quite intrigued with the Tedesco to Nico Hines trade. Um, and you have actually sown a seed in my head now. <laughs> so I am starting to consider that as well. Um, I mean, I know Teddy's draw opens up, but I mean, it is about that cash generation. And I do want to get a Nathan Clary. And I 
can't see how else I'm going to do it at the moment. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's definitely about like picking those guys that are going to make a bit of cash. And that's why just going back to what we were talking about with Josh King um, and is it too late to jump on him? I don't think it's too late to jump on him. I think he's still going to make a bit of cash. Um, and I think, you know, if you've just got those players making that cash and you can start doing some trades and stuff to get in your guns, um, I, yeah, I'm all for it. But yeah, you definitely can't get in everybody, unfortunately. My kindred spirit, Clementine, that's good <laughs> stuff. And you know what? That Appy example is bang on the money. You didn't buy Appy to plug him in for the year and people said, oh, he's not a traditional keeper. Well, he doesn't have to be. Makes you 150K in a couple of weeks. Might punch out a couple of good scores in the meantime. Then you've got Harry Green a few weeks later. You're laughing and that's exactly the policy I'm taking at the moment uh, before the side starts to settle as the year goes on. That's why I'm still a little bit hesitant for God knows what reason um, to move someone like Sammy Walker onto Nico Hines because that's 250K to do that, which is a shitload of money. And yes, Nico will will generate some money, but um, I'm looking at 250K going, all right, I want to try and put that towards Tommy Turbo or clear in a few weeks' time. Again, as the spy touched on, maybe Nico becomes your stepping stone to one of them two blokes, but... I don't know, in two weeks, you're really going to want to sell Nico Hines. Um, anyway, things to keep a, a look and eye out for. And and it, again, to, to sum up all that, do your homework and trade uh, plan a few trades in the next three to four weeks and work out who and where you're going to want and how much money you're going to need for them because it's going to be very difficult to do so. Guys, let's get stuck into the hot topics of the week. And the first one was going to be Josh King, who we've pretty well touched on already. Uh, and I'll, I'll touch on that again quickly because I'm in the position as a non-owner. He's around about 350K, neg 32 break even. While minutes may be a bit of a concern at the Storm, I can also see him playing, you know, instead of the 65 minutes he's been getting, maybe 45 to 50 minutes, his PPM should go up. I think knowing he's playing bigger minutes, he can sort of sit back and not take as many runs, not take as many, make as many tackles, that sort of thing, where possible. Um, his scoring shouldn't be too negatively affected. He's got the 80 in his rolling average from the weekend. So there's good money to be made. Uh, and realistically, he's going to be flipped in three weeks anyway once he's made his one to 150K. So more than happy to do that. Clem, what's your take on Fafita, David Fafita, that is? Because we talk about him every week, but like Tommy Turbo, they're so relevant in Supercoach, uh, and it's hard not to talk about them because everyone has similar questions each week. 707K, he dropped decent coin last week, 38K, sits with a break-even of 99, so very achievable. Can you still sell him this week, or was the time to do it last week, do you think? You can sell him this week, but I 100% wouldn't. I would hold him like they're playing the Tigers. And if you've got him now, like keep him for another week at least. So I'm holding him and I don't know if and when I'll get rid of him. Um, I'm not unhappy with his 71 points last week. And I know he doesn't isn't getting as involved as what we're used to from him. Like he's not getting his tackle bus and his offloads like we're used to. But I'm kind of of the school of thought that if he's consistently getting 60s, 70s, 80s or whatever, and um, he's getting them in a few big glorious runs, like I actually don't care how my player gets the points as long as he's consistently getting them. Like he can slog it out for 80 minutes or he can, you know, do a few runs. But I also think there's a couple of things um, going on. Maybe he's carrying a niggle and that's why he's not getting as involved. Um, and they're more using him for his presence on the field. Um, and like if that's the case and, you know, he nearly jagged a couple of tries last week as well so if he had done that you know no one would be trading him out um 
or else it's like a game plan that maybe is kind of backfired on them. Like they're kind of using them as a decoy or something like that. Um, but I think with like that close one over the Warriors, that could have been a loss almost. Um, and last week's like second half, absolute annihilation. Like I can't see if that's the case, how they wouldn't change that game plan. So I would say if you have him, hold him. It's a serious shout that because we know that he was carrying a bit of a niggle. He went off early in that All-Stars game and um, probably, I think he played 80 on the weekend, but the, the impact hasn't been as significant. Import, I should say, hasn't been as significant as we've seen in the past. Um, and that's why, Spy, I'm can to get your thoughts on it as well, but I was actually at the Raiders-Titans game on the weekend and, and I had a very close watch on him for footy purposes, for super coach purposes as my skipper. And gee, every time he got a chance to sort of delve out and sit on the wing and get a bit of a breath back. He took it, um, which, look, he's, he's not um, he's not a maxi king. He won't go and make 48 tackles in 15 minutes and be all go, go, go. Um, but his output has been way better than that in the past, so you really could be on to something. Spy, what's your take? And, and is there a case to sell this week? Because while I think he's definitely a hold, the case I could see to selling would be if you're going down to someone like Jeremiah Nanai, freeing up that cash for our previous topic for Tommy Turbo, Nathan Cleary in a couple of weeks. I was just about to say 100% hold, and then you mentioned Nanai, the break-even of the <laughs> yeah. heap, and I was like, well, you might need to do it now because based on what I just said previously, you're going to need that money. My thoughts were similar to you guys. Against the Tigers, you probably, now that he's dropped a little bit of cash already, you probably want to see how he goes. If he brings a ton, happy days. Uh, if not, then, look, you can reassess next week. He should still score Sammy okay, you'd expect. But it's a really big call there because do you get ahead of the curve? Because if you go to sell him in a couple of weeks, all of a sudden there might not be anyone really good to sell to. So, look, oh, I'm a little bit torn. If you want Nanai, just get him and deal with it later. Hope hope the Tigers really D up. Kelma Tulungi's back. He'll do a job on him. And um, But if you're not looking to go Nanai, I'd definitely be holding for feeder and look probably captain or vice-captain potential this week as well. While underwhelming, he's a must-have in my books. And, uh, you know, if he didn't take that sort of 40K drop last week, you're burning two trades and he might drop another 50 to 100K. He could so easily ton up this week and not and actually make money this week. He's averaging 62. He's got a ton in him very soon. Uh, and all of a sudden, that average bumps up to 70, 75. And you're sort of sitting there going, oh, geez, this isn't as bad as we thought. Uh, moving on from big Fifi. And next up, Talion May will be the most traded. Was already the most traded in player this week, Clem? Um, I'm I'm suspect about getting him this week only because uh, the bunnies match up. The same as clearly bunnies match up in the wet in Sydney. It could be a big grind and, and a bit of a slugfest with cheapies with any players, but particularly cheapies who we get another look at him before a price rise. Um, if there's any injuries, we worry about that. So, you know, ideally, I think you want to wait another week. Could you make a case to, to go early on Talion May, who will be a must-have at least this week, if not next? Um, I'm bringing him in <laughs> this week. So I have, like, a few problems in my centre wing. So I've got, like, a few NPLs there now, and I've got, like, a few, like, underperformers. So I am bringing him in. Um, I think if you've got, like, some room and like you've got underperformers on your center wing and you really want to move them on or like NPRs. Um, I reckon definitely bring them in. Um, yes, it's against the bunnies and it's definitely going to be a hard slog, but um, I think you'll be wanting to bring them in the week after anyway. And um, the other thing is like, I can't see how they don't keep him in the team. 
Um, I know that he's like on Brian To'o's side and Brian To'o is going to come back from his injury, but surely there's a place for him somewhere in the team and surely, you know, maybe even Staines moving on on the other side. Like he, like um, Taylor May, he just looked really, really good, I thought. And he just really wanted to get involved and yeah, I'm bringing him in. <laughs> nice clam. I agree. I think Staines is short-lived as a winger. Maybe he turns into a good fullback down the line, but wouldn't shock me to see Toto come back on the right edge and Taylor May partner Tago because they came up together in juniors. That makes sense to me. Mm. Um, so you definitely need him the next week or two. I've no issue getting him this week, but I mean, don't do it just for, for the sake of it because you can afford to wait a week and just see what happens if you like. Mm. I, I think for, as I said, everyone's side is different. So you've got to take any advice that we give on board and apply it to your team because everyone's team's different. Um, I do think if you can wait a week, tail in May, give it one more week. Because if you go down injured this week, long-term, you, you know, you're sitting there with, with two trades that you're going, oh, I could have saved those. Um, however, as you mentioned, Clem, it's like if you've got issues with your center wing, it's a trade that's going to be made next week anyway. And at the same time, any player can go down in any given week. So, it, you know, it is what it is. Spy, Bo Fermo, one that I um, have to admit that I got wrong in the preseason. He's been outstanding the last few weeks. He's basing 40 per game. So he does need attacking stats to sort of be anywhere near the better second rows in the competition. But again, I had a close watch for him on the weekend. He's just a really good footballer. Um, we go back to the the topic of, of how many points are going to be scored in Supergates this season. We're seeing far less, far less. So the return of the dual second row centre is becoming, you know, more viable as opposed to last year where it almost became redundant. Um, Firmer, still pretty cheap, bit over 400k, money to be made. I'll dig up his break even here shortly, but uh, mate, he looks for good. He's coming in for me, mate. Um, that good. Bow the man That's on good. the left edge there. He, um, as you said, it's a 40-odd base, but he's also available in centre, so he'll come in in the back row for me this week, just as a necessity with how my team's set up, but I've got two options in a few weeks then with a massive break even. I think it's minus 29. Is that right? Mm. Um, he's going to make a heap of coin. And the plan then in two weeks, I could either flip him down to center if he's keeping on, keeping on, uh, or I can just sell him. I'll probably flip him down to someone like a Joseph Suwali if he comes back and make a quick 300K yeah. or Katoni Staggs. If I make 150K on that trade, uh, I'll be cheering all night. Bloody Katoni <clears throat> Staggs. But yeah, I, I agree with that. Negative break even like that. He's, he's playing good footy and... There's a few guys who we say in the back row require attacking stats to be any good, and, and you don't want to do that with um forwards, but he's just looking good and playing good footy. And the Titans in attack, as we know, last few years, they've got points in them. Clem, how important is it to get Nico Hines into your team? Because, again, we say this each and every week, and each and every week I sit here and go, um, I'm struggling to find a way to squeeze him into my team. And then the following week I go, shit, I wish I got him into my team. Um, what's your take on him? Um, I think, I don't know, he's a lot more important than I thought he was going to be. So I was definitely one of the ones that the score thought like in the preseason that he wasn't going to go as well as at halfback in the Sharks is what he was doing at fullback for Melbourne. So um, I do have an apology to the lovely girl who messaged me on Twitter um, to help forth on her team. And I told her, um, don't go Nico Hines because he's not going to go as well as what he did at Melbourne. So apologies to her. She was very sweet and I'm very sorry because he did go really, really well. Um, so I think he is quite important. Um, if I could trade Sammy Walker, if I had done it last week, I wish I had like trade Sammy Walker to Nico Hines. Um, 
but I think now that he's had that price rise, I am going to wait because I do want to get in Clary. Although I have to say that Spy's little um, seed of James Tedesco to Nico Hines has um, been planted in my mind. Um, I think he's going to just keep going good. Like, I don't think he's going to drop. I don't think he's going to stop scoring well. Um, just watching him in that game in the wet and he absolutely killed it. Like, I seriously think if you can get him in, get him in. But if you're ripping apart your team just to get him in, and you've got bigger problems elsewhere, don't just pour them in for the sake of it. Like, have a sort of plan of why you're getting them in and if you're going to keep him or if you're using him for a stepping stone to, like, another gun, like maybe, like, a Nathan Clary if you've got him in halfback or something like that. But I honestly think he's going to be a keeper if you've got him. Um, and obviously, he's got a really low break even this week as well at 12. So I think if you are going to get him in, this is the – you have to get him in this week. Yeah. Uh, nail on the head there. You know, you can't argue with him as a buy. He's a terrific buy, but don't tear your side apart to do it with the knowledge that we've got Turbo Clearies, these guys to pick up in coming weeks. Just on James Tedesco and Spies Teddy Theory, I get it. I don't like disagreeing with uh, particularly the Spies' long term plans because he does do his homework, the big fella. But Teddy, Sammy Walker, you know, we've, we knew they were going to have these tough games early in the season against Manly, against the Rabbitohs. Uh, probably no one forecast the the big loss to the Knights in round one. And while they're not clicking the way we'd anticipated, we've bought these guys largely for the run that's about to come up. And that's against the Cowboys in Queensland, which isn't ideal, but at the same time, Sydney's a bog all weekend. They're up north and it's meant to be dry, so happy days. Good. Cowboys, Broncos, Warriors, <laughs> Dragons, Dogs, Titans. Like, their draw opens up. So as far as Sammy Walker to, to Hines goes, I'm not going to say don't do it, but... That's 250K, and when you've got Sammy at 500K, I still think he's a value proposition, and I think he's got some big points in him to come in these coming weeks. And all of a sudden, um, that money could be pretty crucial. I get Miko was a cash grab, but you know if he does go 40 or 50 or something, and that break even drops pretty quickly, uh, it's an interesting one, Spy. Yeah, Sammy's a big one. Um, I'll talk about value before. I'll probably do it. I'll probably bleed your ears dry with value over the coming weeks, but... Look, Sammy Walker, he only has to go to Townsville this weekend. As you said, on a dry track, I've had a look at it. It should be good. If he pumps out 120, which he did about seven times last year without goal kicking half the time, uh, all of a sudden his break even becomes minus 10 as well. And he goes bang, bang, bang. Um, the Nico Hines one. The question for Nico Hines, if you want to get him in at fullback, is um, I'm fully on board with the Teddy logic of a, of a good run, but you have to ask yourself the question, if you want Tommy Turbo in a couple of weeks, at around 900,000, who are you dropping? Is it going to be Pappenhausen or is it going to be Tedesco? If it is Tedesco, you've probably only got two weeks left of him anyway, um, which is fine. You can roll out that. But if Nico Hines can get you potentially 100, 150K in that time, uh, just something to think about and just sowing that seed a little deeper in Clementine's melon there. <laughs> By Spies, buddy, flirting over the mic here, guys. Sorry about that one. Spies, um, Tommy Starling. <laughs> A lot of people going after him this week. I don't mind it at 377k, break even eight. I love him as a footballer. But Sticky's made it very clear that he doesn't want him playing 80 minutes. In fact, he played 55 on the weekend. Looked exceptional. He always does. Great footballer. But, you know, 55 minutes, 70 points. The week before, 57 minutes, 39 points. The week before, 73 minutes, 46 points. Look, I get it, but... He's got games coming up against Manly and Melbourne. Um, I'm just not. I'm not convinced, and, and I'd be finding the funds probably for Harry Grant. 
Yeah, I don't mind him for, say, six to eight weeks if you also own Harry. But if you don't own Harry, I think you need to try get to him. But as we said, you can't have everyone good. If you've got other plans, that's yeah. fine. And while we're here, we should say that if you've got a plan, trust yourselves. There's so many different there's so many different ways to attack Supercoach this year. And we were talking about it over the weekend. I think it's one of the best years ever for that exact reason. People are going to have different ploys. Uh, we could all kind of come out pretty roughly even by doing completely different things. So just decide who you want as your guns. Um, but just for what it's worth, I do think um, Starbo does make a bit of cash and he did inject himself really well on the weekend. They probably didn't start out all that well, which bodes well for Sterling. Maybe he gets up to 60, 65 minutes and could make a bit of coin and some decent scores over the coming month or two before being a bridge or a downgrade to someone else. So I don't mind if you can do it. Um, unfortunately, I can't quite get Randall up to him this weekend. Clem mentioned her <laughs> poor advice about Nico Hines to the poor girl on uh, Twitter not long ago. The way I justify my poor bits of advice, which are pretty frequent, are that if you, every bit of advice we gave was spot on, you'd win Supercoach every year and no one would play because it'd be boring. So yeah. that's <laughs> why I'm back. Um, Clem Staggs, are you a Tony Staggs owner? And if so, what are you doing with him or what would you do with him? I am a Tony Staggs owner because of you, because you talked about so much in the preseason that I was like, I I'm, really gonna... there, so... <laughs> I'm definitely jumping on this guy. And so I am a Staggs owner. Um, so I'm actually going to hold him for another week or two, um, at least just to watch him. Like, and if he goes off, I'll obviously keep him. Um, I do have Staggs and Cobo. So as you can imagine, that game on Sunday was, I was watching it behind the couch. Like literally it was just the worst to watch both of them on that side. Um, but you know, Staggs could have had like, and both weeks last week and the week before he could have had, you know, 60 ish points. Um, if he didn't have those errors and didn't like bomb those tries and things like that. Um, as an owner, though, I do really, really want to see him more involved because I just don't see, like, there doesn't seem to be a lot of involvement from him at the moment. Um, but when he does get the ball, he does look quite dangerous. And I can sort of see, you know, if he jags a try or something like that, you know, he we wouldn't even be having a conversation about whether to hold or sell him. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I think the fact that he's at 398k now is obscenely cheap. Put it this way, he's averaging 30 points, which is horrific. People sort of forget how cheap he was at 430k to start the season. He's got a break even at 56. He could double that this week, or at very least he could match it and not drop any money despite a horrific start to the season. So again, on value propositions, I still don't think there's value there in selling him. So there's no way I'm selling Katoni. Uh, and as you mentioned, the fact that... Uh, He's been a whisker from being 60 points the last two weeks. Uh, I think Adam Reynolds dropped one over the line this week. He dropped one over the line the week before. So if they land, we're not even talking about this. Spy, Jeremiah Nanai. I brought him in last week or the week before or something and absolutely stoked with his output on the weekend. A hat-trick, all off kicks. Dude is an absolute athlete. What's your take on him, mate? Um, he's a funny one because without the attacking stats, his output hasn't been great, but... People are a little misled by the score two weeks ago of 35-odd with a try. He had something like minus 19 in negative stats, which made it look worse than it was. Look, I don't think he's a must-have, but, geez, a pretty good buy, and is he in your plans this week? He's not, but I'm a little bit worried. Um, just quiet. If anyone can hear that, the birds yeah, have gone mentally outside, and I do mean the ones in the trees. Um, <laughs> then I, um, I'll go see if I can scare them. You keep talking. <laughs> 
Yep. So Jeremiah Nanai, I just his base worries me. Maybe his job security worries me. Not that I think they're going to drop him, but potentially, um, potentially maybe he doesn't play eighty minutes moving forward. But man, coming off a hat trick, they're all off kicks. My worry is I bring him in and he underwhelms every second week as a result of just not doing the work you expect from other back rowers. But yeah, look, he's he could burn me, that's for sure. But I've just I'm going to go with Bo Femore this week, and we'll see what happens there. What about yourself, coming time? Um, so I actually was going to trade him last week and then I didn't trade him. And so along with Kova and Stags, like he just absolutely ruined my Sunday, like scoring those three tries. Um, so I'm probably not going to get him in. Um, but I wouldn't blame anyone that does. Like, I think that, you know, he always want, looks like he wants to get involved. Um, obviously he's not going to be getting three tries or even two tries like every week and one week out. And he will probably have those lower scores because he's probably is like a little bit raw and like he does have quite a few errors and things like that. Um, but yeah, definitely as a non-owner on Sunday, owning Cobo and Stags and watching Nanai just fall over the line over and over and over again, like that was depressing. That was I'm really depressing. Fine. I missed about 40 minutes of that match and he scored all three of them in that period. So I'm pretty happy about that. <laughs> All right, I'm back in action. <laughs> I've been outside, showed my face to the uh, the birds, and they scared off pretty quick, so they're gone. So issue resolved. Um, it's not like the apocalypse. There's about four million of them out there crowing. Hey, Talatau Amone, he's a bloke I've got in my team and big time on the chopping block spy. I don't believe you own it. It's funny how quickly Supercoach turns. Last week we had this conversation, and you were saying you were looking at buying him. A week later... There's no injuries, nothing sort of sort of to note there. A uh, bit of a different role on field during the game, but now I'm looking at selling him. He's got a pretty low break even, so I think I'll give him one more week this week and then look to sell him uh, down the track. He's a funny one, isn't he? Um, Saints obviously got belted by the Sharks last Thursday. It was incredibly wet down in Wollongong as well, so that tends to throw up some low scores, especially for rookie halves and other rookie players. Um, I'm a bit torn on him. He's done some really good things. But does he get the touches? Benny Hunt sort of runs that team. I think he's got nearly the most mm. touches in the competition for a half. Um, so, look, he's certainly not a must-hold by any means. But if he's 283k, I don't know. He might just be worth holding and just plugging away. Hopefully, he can explode as he gets as he goes on. But if you need to get rid of him for someone of value, then I'm also okay with that. But don't, don't sell him for no reason. Yeah, I'm keeping him this week for the game with the Eels. Break even 22, so he won't be losing much money, if any at all. Hopefully pulls out a decent score and then option to go down to tally in May next week if required on that one. Guys, if you like a punt, go to topsport.com.au. If you're linking up with them, use the code SC Playbook. They're now offering player performance markets based on fantasy sports scoring. Absolutely love it. Cashed in on the weekend with it. Uh, had two multi-plays that we put out of a Friday afternoon on our socials if you do want to follow them. A $5 multi, a $3 multi. We're in heaven with these multis. So not multis, the uh, player performance markets, I should say. 18 plus only, gamble responsibly. The player performance markets don't actually come out until sort of the day of the game or the day before. So we can't preview them on the podcast. We do them on social media. My play for this week is the Titans giving away 10.5 to the Tigers. Storm giving away a 14-point start to the Dogs and Roosters giving away 6.5 to the Cowboys. Uh, note that they are, are all dry weather games that I'm targeting, avoiding that madness of, of the wetness in Sydney. Clem, let's get into our round four trades and skippers. We've touched on them a little bit throughout the podcast thus far, but what trades and skipper plans do you have this week? 
So I'm following my plan and um, this week I'm going to go Appy um, up to Grant. So that's literally what I wanted to do. So I'm seeing like Grant is a bit of a keeper there up in Hooker. Um, so that's gone nicely for me. Um, and then I know we were just talking about Amon. Um, I'm probably going either Amon or Cobo to May. Um, I really got Amon in for that 5'8 position um, because I needed to put someone in there with Ilias. So I've now got Cameron Munster there. So I feel like he's a little bit surplus to what I want. So um, that will be my other trade or I'll be trading Cobo to May. And the reason being is I'm just finding it a real hard watch having Stags and Cobo on the same side in that Broncos side. Yeah, no, I think they're absolutely fine trades. A tough one which way to go. Um, but again, no, no sort of monstrous break even. So, you, you know, either way, it's almost a bit of a, a coin toss. And what about your skippers for the week? Being the uh, the captain master. So for my skipper this week, I'm going to go any, meeny, miny, mo. Which Storm player should I go? Um, <laughs> it definitely has to be a Storm. Like, I'm, I'm definitely going for a Storm player. I just think they're all killing it. Like, they're, like, I know Storm has many mouths to feed, but they're all, like, those main guys are absolutely killing it. I think it's going to be Pappy. Um, I am very, very tempted by Munster. Um, he's obviously, like, absolutely firing at the moment. He just looks like just a vision of health and vitality like running around that field and um just his points were so good for me last week but I think I will be going Pappenhausen for my mm. skipper yeah like it and and you mentioned too many mouths to feed and, and we speak about the show over and over again that in the good teams there's a lot of food to go around like there's not too many mouths to feed mm. ever and that was like a perfect example of that on the weekend Melbourne got mm. beat and Munster 121, Pappenhausen 107, Brandon Smith 102. Like, there are points to go around when your team's good enough. So, uh, <laughs> I, I like that little philosophy. Spy, what are your plans? Oh, very similar. And I landed on Pappenhausen. Um, the Bulldogs have been gritty early. Bit of dogs of war style about them, but they have played in the wet as well. So, hopefully it's dry weather and Pappenhausen can put another 199 on them, uh, as he did last year. But I think I'll go with him, especially with the goal kicking and just his ability to rack up points through try assists or support play and whatever it may be. And what were your trades, mate? Trades for this week will be, so Stefano will have to go. I think it's just been confirmed he's out for eight weeks. Not good for Tigers fans, I'll tell you what. Um, he'll go to Bo Fimor and, yeah, I think I'll stick with my plan, Teddy to Horns. Mm, yeah, righto, mate. Good luck with that one. Um, <laughs> I am looking – I'm not real sure at the moment. I, I say it's every Tuesday, Arvo, but it's – Tuesday's such a hectic day. Monday's not much better that I'm, I'm a bit rattled come team list straight into potty. But uh, AFB, uh, for Neil Blake, that is possibly to Josh King. I, I don't really want to do it. But again, I'm looking at that sort of cash generation that the spy talk spoke about being so important. Fanua Black, I think, has looked good and he's playing decent minutes. He's just not offloading at all, um, which is a bit of an issue. I, I, I'm reluctant to do it, but... Um, again, my, my team, I'm pretty happy with across the board, so I don't really want to make trades, but I've saved two in the opening round, so I've got to start pulling some triggers soon enough or I'll be left behind. Uh, so possibly that one, and Bo Fermor, the more we speak about him, I just sort of look at that break even, and maybe I try and squeeze him into my team. Uh, and then next week, probably Amone to May. I will finalise those trades by Thursday, Arvo, and drop in our subscriber-only WhatsApp chat. Skippers. Pretty hard to go past Ryan Pappenhausen this week for me and for Fita, VC, I think Thursday night against the Tigers. Time for him to pull his finger out. Let's jump into a couple of questions and then we will wrap things up for the week. First question is from Mike Roki, good man. Who is the one 
He asks, who is the one player you wish you'd started with and who is the one you wish you hadn't? So I'm going to refine that a little bit because obviously I wish I had the top scoring players. I'm going to refine it to say, who are the players that you almost did or didn't start with that you wish you pulled the trigger on? Clementine, I'll start with you. Did you come up with any? I did indeed. So I almost started with Munster and Hath. And so the reason I'm gutted is because now I've used two trades to get them in. So, so um, they are my players I almost started with and who I now have in my team. Um, and I almost didn't start with Josh King. So I'm actually super stoked um, that I didn't end up starting with him because he's turned into an absolute godsend in that front row um, position. Um, and I have like played him the last couple of weeks and he's just whacked out so many points. Like, I just really love him. So, yeah, I'm super stoked that I started with him. I've got a big cut down my arm at the moment, and every word you just said then was just like rubbing salt into it as a non-Josh King owner at the moment. (laughs) And I'll tell you why, because I had Josh King all preseason, and then because I I really wanted to get rid of Jackson Hastings and I needed a bit extra cash to get Dylan Brown in, I had to go Josh King down to Andrew Fafida and – while the Hastings to Brown one worked out, oh, not having Josh King has been a killer. And the other one was I really wanted uh, my man crush Cam Murray in my team over Ryan Madison. But because Cam Murray had the disrupted preseason, there was a bit of chat about him missing round one. I was like, oh, he's top dollar. I'll avoid it. Well, Cam Murray just belted out the top score of the weekend. Maddo got injured after round one. Uh, they were my killers, Spite. Mate, Cam Murray comes back off a broken leg and you'll pick him two yeah, weeks later. And now don't, don't doubt, doubt the great man. Uh, look, mine's all about five eight, really. The the tale of five eight from the spy is: I really wanted Munster. I then went down to Kurtman. I then landed on Dylan Brown. So I'm actually pretty happy with things because I'm kind of annoyed I don't have Munster, of course. But Dylan Brown just whacked out a ton. He's making cash. He's that perfect thing about cash generation that can get me to Cleary or one of the big guns later on. So I think it's all about that. And that was a slightly convoluted question. So hopefully I've yeah. answered it right. But yeah, five eight. Happy with Brown, annoyed about Munster, but look, it probably works out roughly even if D-Bags can keep firing for a few more weeks. Just quickly on Dylan Brown, uh, while we touched on him, 510k, negative 10 break even. He's based 40 and 42 the last two weeks, which for a half is outstanding. He's a really good stepping stone to all these guys that we spoke about. Uh, he's averaging 69 points, a really soft draw coming up. Dragons, Titans, Tigers, Knights, Cowboys. To put 100 on the night, uh, sorry, the storm in Melbourne is exceptional. So people are looking at Tom Dearden this week. For a bit extra, uh, I think Dylan Brown is a better play. Tom Dearden's got a bit of a touch of Jake Clifford about him. You know, he was a boom by last week, but does he really have runs on the board? No, he doesn't. Jake Clifford, you know, all of a sudden he made, what did he make, 30, 30-odd K. He's got a break-even of 34 and a tough game against the Sharks and then Manly. So I just feel a bit of the, the Cliffords about Dearden. So I reckon Brown's a better buy there. A Clementine, Isaiah Papali'i has, in a year where so far after three rounds, no one is hitting their, their heights, Papali'i is doing just that and he's holding his value when no one else is. Averaging 72 points, uh, break-even 54 Question about whether he's he's a buy. You know, he's top dollar, but far out, he's producing the goods and playing 80 minutes every week. Is he someone you'd be interested in? Um, yeah, actually. So I had a good look at him um, 
Um, and I think, yeah, so he's expensive. He's 686K. But he's, like you said, he's maintained that price pretty much. And, like, he's second in front row forward for points now. He's got a 72-point average, 94 points last week. He's got great base. Um, it depends where you're putting him and, like, if you have more urgent fives put out in your team. But I really, really like him, eh? And if you can bring him in like I wouldn't talk anyone out of bringing him in he does have a break even of 60 but then they've got some pretty easy games coming up like easy-ish so they've got um obviously the Dragons, Titans, Tigers in the next three games so I don't mind someone bringing him in at all um and if you've got room in your team somewhere I don't think that's a bad move whatsoever. Hey Clem another one do you just make space <laughs> and uh an argument for any Kiwi player? <laughs> pretty much <laughs> it's my countryman i have to <laughs> i like i like the loyalty spy what are your thoughts on papa oh, that's fair enough you gotta back the countryman um he sort of he's a funny one because i agree i think from a value sense and a front row sense i think he might be the pick of a nilly um especially his ability to go to go high but back to my plan which i was talking about before i don't want to buy someone of that price in the front row because or the back row because mm. it'll just take out all that cash for my high upside outside backs that i want and halves uh but i'm not against it and look if you if you get him now he could plug out some really good scores for you for a month then you can reassess and you can go do i keep papalihi or do i want to go more of the approach that i've talked about where you try to get in those guys and there'll be an option to downgrade him if you need to so i think he's a, a nice buy depending on what plan you want to go with. Do you want really good solid forwards with a bit of upside or do you want to try and stack those backs a bit more? So for me, I'm a backs man, but he's a good buy and I'd nearly even prefer him over Haas, to be honest. Clem, Young Live asks, is the priority trade for his team Walker to Hines or Marnie to Grant? Ah, uh, I think Marnie to Grant myself. Um uh, I think Walker to Hines, like I know like it would be really, really nice to get in Hines. Um, but obviously, like as we were talking about before, Walker does have like those sort of easyish games, not easyish games, but the draw kind of opens up a bit for him. So um if you're you've still got Walker and you've got Marnie, I would say Marnie's not really getting those big scores that maybe we thought he was gonna get. Um so and I think Grant will continue to really thrive and get those big scores in the storm side. So um, I think it would be money to grant for me. Yep, I'm with you. Spy, question from Kevin. <clears throat> Is it inarguably a mistake to have made nine trades by round four? It's coming in hot, Kevin. That's um, <laughs> he's hard having a crack. <clears throat> Look, the answer to that is how well the trades play out. I was thinking about this today and I don't, I'm not super against the idea of going hard on your trade boost if it's going to give you a heap of quality value um, to get to those guns I've spoken about today. But I'll tell you what, if you use them in the, the wrong trades and you're five trade boosts short down the line, that's probably going to hurt you a lot. So it's a risk play. Is it? Am I totally against it? No. But do you make sure you get most of them right, mate? Um, and the thing is, if you've got depth in your side this year, I was thinking we've got those extra trades right, but it's to cover COVID outs and all the like. But I've also never personally given myself this much depth. So maybe I don't need those extra trades as crucially, so I can use them up top. So I'm probably somewhere in the middle of Kevin's question. I don't mind having a crack at a couple of early trade boosts, um, but I still want to keep a couple up the sleeve, two or three for mid to late season if we can. Mm. I've only used two <laughs> trades so far. As I said, I, I might only use another two this week. Um, but as the supplier touched on, it's everyone's side's different. Everyone has different problems. 
Uh, so what works for one person might not work for another at this stage of the year, you know, especially when injury strike and that sort of thing. So it's a little bit each to their own, but um, I will reinforce this over and over again in the next coming weeks. You're going to want as many of these trade boosts as you can for the origin rounds where you're trying to maximise players for both those two bye weeks. That's a big thing I'm looking at, Spy. I'm going to argue a little bit with you, mate, in that if you play them well enough, you don't necessarily need them. Uh, it'll be a bonus, yes, but if you play them well, you still be able to have your buy coverage and you still get, I haven't looked how many weeks, but some decent time to build up before the second buy. But yeah, I think planning-wise, you just want to make sure you cover for that second buy, um, which could be the issue, and that's where someone like yourself holding those couple of trades boosts could come in very handy. But if it's one or two extra buy players for a heap of value now, maybe it evens out. Um, as you said, each to their own, everyone's different, but I don't think it's clear-cut. Yeah, well, when I've got five extra players for the second major bye week and you're you're sitting there going, what's it doing? You had that. Uh, we'll look back on this conversation and the 500 points that my five players at the Tunup get. How many trade boosts do you have, mate? Please. Stacks, mate. <laughs> hey, question from Farmer Andrew Clementine. Angus Crichton, is it time to cut... Well, we've already sort of answered this one, but he says, is it time to cut ties with Angus Crichton? Uh, to Cam Murray. So, I mean, I think you've already said, yeah, it is time to cut ties. Is Cam Murray the man? He's top dollar, money to be made, but he's expensive. Um, I definitely think it's time to cut ties. Like, I think that last week was time to cut ties, but definitely do it this week. Like, I did him to half, and I have absolutely no regrets. Um, I think Cameron looks like a glorious god that we know he is. And so... I I agree. I personally don't think this is a bad trade at all, to be honest. Like, I actually am kind of a bit dirty at myself that I didn't think about going um, Angus Crichton to Cam Murray myself and went to Haas. Um, but because I could have just played Josh King as my second front row, I'd have been fine. Um, but I think this is a great trade, personally. Everyone wants Cameron Murray. Come on. <laughs> he tried to take an AVO out on me last year, and I told him he was kidding himself. Hey, Spider, <laughs> last question from Smokey Johansson. Is Peter Hicku a sell or was that a bump in the road? That was a that was a big blow for owners. I mean, the argument was there uh, to buy him last week, but, uh, you know, as we know, it can happen so easily. He punched out 28 points despite the Cowboys looking good, made not a lot of money and now sits with a break even of, of 20. So, you know, there's more money to be made, but um, Roost, tough Roosters game coming up. Yeah, it hurt me a bit. I took him purely for that cast grab. I don't mind him as a centre, though. His base is normally pretty good. Cows are playing pretty good footy. Um, but as part of the plan was moving on in a, in a couple of weeks. So I think, again, it depends on how your side's set up. If I can go from Hiku down to someone like a Suwali and just make that cash, I probably will. But in saying that, if you want to just plug Hiku in for a while, he's probably not a bad value proposition in the centres, um, just while we see how things play out. Um, so I think it's a little bit each to their own, but I'll be selling him most likely next week uh, once he peaks there. That is a wrap for the Round 4 SC Playbook podcast, Spy. Thank you very much, mate. Thanks again. And Clementine, you've been a breath of fresh air to the podcast, so thanks for jumping on. Thanks for having me. Cheers, guys. Thanks for tuning in.